0: Joining us today is Nicole London. She is one of the co-directors as well as the co-producer of two documentary films that will be premiering on PBS. One of them is Harriet Tubman, Visions of Freedom, which will be premiering on PBS on October 4th. The other one is Becoming Frederick Douglass, which will be premiering on October 11th. Harriet Tubman, Visions of Freedom is a rich and nuanced portrait of a woman known as a conductor of the Underground Railroad who repeatedly risked her own life and freedom to liberate others from slavery. And Becoming Frederick Douglass is an inspiring story of how a man born into slavery became one of the most prominent statesmen and influential voices for democracy in American history. We're joined today by the co-director as well as the co-producer of both of these films, and that would be Nicole London. Nicole, welcome to Film School Radio. One of the things about these two films that I didn't know was the connection between Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, but let's start with the beginning of what people, most people would know about Harriet Tubman, and we'll move on to Frederick Douglass after that.
1: So most people know Harriet Tubman as the Underground Railroad leader. Um, but of course, her history is so much more varied and rich than that. Um, yes, she was a conductor on the Underground Railroad, but she also liberated herself. Um, she escaped from her owners and uh, into Philadelphia. But then she went back, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize about her story is that she had the she had freedom. She could have let it end there, but she decided she couldn't. She couldn't live knowing that people that she loved, people that she knew, were still in bondage. And so she would go back again and again, maybe I think about up to seven times, back into um, essentially enemy territory to liberate her her family members and other members of the community on the eastern shore of Maryland from, from slavery.
0: Amazing. It's just an amazing story, just as you described, once she got out. And in the film, we see her life story, so we know the horrific circumstances from which she escaped and and there's so much more but let's talk about Frederick Douglass in terms of what we know about him and for most people and then let's describe a little, little bit of his journey as well
1: well apparently some people think Frederick Douglass is still alive so uh, <laughs> but of course he is not he is, he is a, a long past I think a lot of people just know him as the commanding figure that they see in pictures one of the things that we learned and kind of, you know, elucidate in the film is that we see him in pictures because he was the most photographed Black man of the time, of any man. And he's the most photographed American man, man of his time. But he was an orator. His education was self-taught. And he also liberated himself through the help of his wife, and he escaped into, uh, into up to New York and further into um, Massachusetts. So Frederick Douglass is someone that had the air of a president. He who, who people considered a radical in a lot of ways. The way he spoke about slavery and the ways in which um African Americans could emancipate themselves. He's an incredibly inspiring figure, you know, that that he would influence Lincoln in the um throughout the Civil War. So these are things that um I think a lot of Americans will be, you know, excited to learn about him.
0: There there's so much information in these two films about them that The most important things to me were their beginnings the early parts of their lives not only is it illustrative of just getting to know who they are what what sort of made them who they were but also the bigger picture of just the absolute barbarity of slavery and how dehumanizing it was intentionally and one of the things that i was I guess I wasn't aware of as much as I I think I should have been. Was the idea of that was always hanging over the heads of slaves is that they could be sold in a moment's notice and completely lose sight of their family. The idea that this was something uh, again systemically. This wasn't just an aberration of everything about slavery is an aberration, but just the internal workings of slavery. And that's what this fil- these both of these films illuminate so well. Um, I just don't know how you can come away from watching these two films and not have a visceral reaction to the idea that somehow, some way, that this is a foundational part of American society. A, a foundational part of the reason why we are an industrial power and in, uh, a world power is on the backs of these people. And I, I, I just think that's so important. We know their name. We kind of know something about them, but the fact that they were just part of this immense part of American's life and history—that is—it—it's it, just—it's—it shocks me to my my core to understand just how pervasive this thing. I don't think I'm overreacting, but no, you'd like um, that. At
1: one point, especially in the Harriet Tubman film, we do state, which I of course don't recall the figure right now. It really was the bedrock of the American economy. Um, Three billion dollars.
0: Yeah, they're three, three, $3 uh, so billion dollars, right?
1: In the in their time, Yeah. So it wasn't even three billion as you know uh, adjusted for inflation. It was in three billion dollars uh, in that. time. That's how much
0: the economy of of, of, slavery, of and slavery and cotton slavery
1: was the underpinning of the American economy. So it's not something that anybody uh, you know would want to you know willfully give up because you know it, it it held down so much. You know to kind of keep that going, it had to be. Uh, Part of it had to be like like the earliest, one of the earliest forms of domestic terrorism, which was, of course, completely sanctioned by the government, state government, federal government. That's, I think that's one of the things we kind of wanted to kind of make sure that people understood that it wasn't just, you know, some people were against it. Some people was like, this was part of the country and it made everyone complicit in some way, even if you were an abolitionist. The laws that, as they were written, put that pressure on everyone. For instance, when they passed the Fugitive Slave Law, right. it made everyone complicit, uh, whether they agreed with it or not. And I think that was one of the things that became especially untenable and forced the hand of that made the Civil War almost inevitable. It's like these kinds of things that were chipping away, not, not so much chipping away at slavery, but it, it, it really brought things to a head. But every American had, you know, had some 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 sort of involvement, but indirectly or directly.
0: And I don't want to get too far away from telling their story of, of <laughs> Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman. But what I always come back to is that the institution of slavery going back to 1619, 165, 170 years embedded into the fabric of America before we became the United States of America, 170 years of a system before we became a a country, before we were. You cannot say that that wasn't absolutely fundamental to the development of the United States. You cannot say that. And the, the fact that banking came out of the slave trade Wall Street came out of the slave trade. There's so much about the, the the things that we look at as these shining institutions in our country. And these and I just again, going back to your two films, they they you cannot look away.
1: Oh, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Insurance came uh, yeah. like I guess the the our con- modern concept of insurance also came out of the slave trade yes, it's 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 as American as apple pie, as they say. Um, it's in the very bedrock of how this country was founded. And I think it's it's so important for people to understand that. and, you know, and kind of divorce it from your personal feeling of it. it's 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 a fact, regardless of how you feel about it. <laughs> it's, it's a fact of American history. And I think the more that we confront confront that, Uh, you know, openly and honestly, the farther, you know, the better it would be for all of us.
0: We see echoes of the echoes of the fugitive slave law. In some ways, there's an echo of that that took place recently in Texas with women who were seeking an abortion could be held accountable not only for leaving the state to do so, but anyone who helps them along the way.
1: Well, it's actually very similar. Yeah. It's like we do see shades of that. We saw shades of this, of the Underground Railroad in this, in the fifties and sixties, with women seeking, you know, abortions. That there was like a network of people that they could contact to kind of get to places where that would be possible. With the laws as they are now, we're obviously going to be seeing something like that happening again. Uh, you know, of course, technology would be something that, you know, helps that along. But again, there are shades of this. It's, Never not been a time where, you know, things like this haven't existed in this country.
0: Let's go back to talk about Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, because in addition to the things that we've been talking about, describing in terms of slavery, its place in our country and bedrock part of our American experience, what they did makes it even more remarkable and heroic. The fact Mm -hmm. that Harriet Tubman was free, Mm -hmm. went back, I think it's 13 in the films, 13 times back into slave territory in order to pull people out of there the way she went about her life the way she went about her determination her ingenuity her intelligence and and the way she went about it let's talk about her character and what that brought to the table in terms of how she did what she did
1: i always liken her to a one woman seal team six um she did have that ingenuity she did have that strategy she would attribute in in many ways a lot of her character to her religious upbringing, to her religious, um, uh, she thought that she was called by God to kind of, to do this work. Even beyond that, you know, a lot of people are, are feel that they're called by God to do something, but they don't necessarily put their lives at risk to do it. <laughs> and she did that. Um, she was a wanted woman. You think of uh, bounty hunters, uh, slave catchers at the time, were all out for her blood, but that didn't deter her. I mean, 13 times it did not deter her. Uh, to go back and, and do what she felt that she needed to do. I don't know if there's a person that we know of in this day and age that has that kind of character, perhaps aside from a military person, someone that's in the armed services, who's literally going to rescue someone in, in wartime. And, you know, essentially that's a sense, exactly what she was doing, rescuing people that she felt were almost prisoners of war. And that, you know, war being waged is against slavery. <laughs>
0: we mentioned earlier that she did meet frederick douglas in her lifetime what i w- what i found so fascinating a- about the film harriet tubman uh, visions of freedom is that the length of her life I-, I i didn't realize that she lived as long as she did and in that process i think was able to inspire other people and right up to almost the point of suffragettes, she was alive and inspiring people at least for me i'll speak for myself when I first heard about Harriet Tubman, I assumed that she was sort of plucked out of history and there wasn't much known about her prior to this discovery of her in kind of in in that period from that period of time. But seeing this film, seeing uh, Harriet Tubman Visions of Freedom, I realized that her influence was spread out over many years and inspiring many. So, let's I really want to talk more about the real-time influence that she had as well.
1: Yes, uh, I think a lot of people also, because our education is it's so much not of the time. It's so much like, uh, you know, people found out about Harriet Tubman, but people knew about her at the time. Um, she was well known and, you know, which added to the danger of what she was. Um, she was written about in newspapers and, you know, you, that's the public record. We can go back. And you could go back to your New York Times. You could go back to the Liberator. Um, you could find passages written about Harriet Tubman, with her name, you know, indicated as such. the The river raid in in South Carolina was written about at the time. So she was almost, a, in a lot of ways, a celebrity. And to have us, you know, a celebrity kind of risking their lives to save others is is incredibly remarkable. And I think that historians, elementary grade school. Uh, teachers uh, or the curriculum, don't underscore that enough. This is somebody that didn't have to do what she was doing, but she did it anyway.
0: We're speaking with uh, Nicole London. She is the co-director as well as producer of these two wonderful films, Becoming Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman, Visions of Freedom. And they will be premiering first. uh, Harriet Tubman film will be premiering on PBS on October 4th and followed by the following week. Becoming Frederick Douglass on October 11th. So be looking for those and all that information will be posted to the filmschoolradio.com website to find out more as well as pbs.org. We have been talking about Harriet Tubman, uh, Frederick Douglass, a towering figure, a man of his time, a man who rose to the occasion, brilliant writer in the film Becoming Frederick Douglass. What are some of the things that surprised you in learning about him and his life, the circumstances of his life?
1: The fact that he was kind of abandoned to slavery by force uh, at a very young age—his grandmother kind of walked him into slavery to another plantation. Was, wasn't he six years old when he yeah, was? about six years old. Yeah. Um, that I hadn't realized. The fact that the trading biscuits for words—I thought that was a really charming story, but also kind of horrifying. What we kind of try to get at in this in the film, but you know, we're kind of limited for time—is that. We talk about the fact that the slaves were also not necessarily well nourished. So the fact that he was trading biscuits for words, these were things, biscuits were something that would feed him and nourish him, you know, keep him going, keep him alive. But he was trading that for education. Um, He was trading his own well-being in a lot of ways to feed his own mind, you know, as opposed to feeding his body. And I think that's incredibly remarkable that he kind of had that kind of fortitude at a very young age, under 10 years old. Another thing, especially uh, all my uh, female friends were saying, you better make sure we talk about Anna Murray, (laughs) his Mm -hmm. wife, the fact that he had a wife who was actually free. She was not literate, but she was free. And that the fact that blacks and whites, which is particular, especially to border states, that free enslaved and free blacks live so closely together and could often intermarry. That's something I didn't really know about before working on this film. And and that had happened with both Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass. They both married free Blacks, and that was always gonna be a problem (laughs) for for who they were. Harriet, unfortunately, didn't work out for her, but uh, Frederick Douglass had a real support system in Anna Murray Douglass who helped him uh, escape enslavement so that they could have a life together. We we absolutely had to, um, at least uh, as much as we could, elucidate her story for the audience. And the fact that, that there were so many Black seamen in the Navy, that's another little factoid that we weren't, uh, I wasn't so aware of. But yeah. then um, the fact that even after that, again, Frederick Douglass could have stayed, He's a fugitive once he escaped slavery, but to go out and tell his story in the support of, you know, ending the institution of slavery, putting his life at risk as a fugitive who could be killed or, you know, sold back into slavery whether, even further south. That is a a tremendous act of courage that he kept doing until he was emancipated. Um, Abolitionist friends bought bought him out of slavery years later. But up until that point, the fact that he could do that is remarkable.
0: Talking not just about their lives, but the systemic barbarity of slavery. One of the things that comes into the story of Frederick Douglass is someone named Edward Covey or Covey, Edward Covey, or Covey?
1: No, there's never been agreement on how it's pronounced. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'll go with Covey. And he was a slave breaker. His job was to break a human being Mm -hmm. into something that they called a brute, or basically farm animal. This is another thing in the film that the idea of breeding, when a slave was a woman, because she would breed, bring you more profit. And this, the idea of breaking people, because they were considered to be unruly or whatever I mean whatever it was and the fact that he survived that and came out on the other side of that the way he did just a remarkable story remarkable testament but I think of all the other people who were broken who were not who were not Frederick Douglass in, in this story
1: right I think that also underscores the fact that there were like two options uh, well three it was like to break them to sell them further south or you know sell them off
0: which was, a, to- death, which was a death sentence if they sold off yeah. Or to kill
1: them outright, you know, but, you know, but killing was always a a lesser, uh, was always the least, (laughs) because it's like, this is property. This is something that is valuable to me. And if I can't get value out of them directly, then I'll get value out of them by selling. But yeah, it's, it's horrifying that you have to even talk about it in those terms. And that the fact that there was um, a whole cottage industry that was around around slavery as you know aside from just buying and selling there's you know the people that kind of you know facilitate you know making slaves docile facilitate making slaves easier to work with that's it's 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 horrifying
0: it is horrifying these are two remarkable people I'm so glad you made these films you and Stanley Nelson co-directed these two wonderful documentary films about their lives and to know more about them And to understand just the bravery, all of the things that they brought to their lives and to the people around them, they elevated the people around them, they made their lives possible in many ways. Uh, Just terrific, wonderful stuff. Uh, Again, the films, again, I want to make sure everyone knows Harriet Tubman, Visions of Freedom, and the other one is called Becoming Frederick Douglass. Be looking for these on PBS and that uh, October 4th for the Harriet Tudman film, as well as on October 11th, becoming Frederick Douglass. You can also go to Firelight Films. That's firelightfilms.com to find out more. All of the work, including th- these and uh, just a, a wonderful filmography on uh, with Stanley Nelson and yourself. Congratulations, Nicole London, on these, on these two films.
1: Thank you so much. Um, It's been a pleasure. I love talking about them. (laughs) And I hope people tune in.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar.